Hello, pod people. I'm DA, and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we will be discussing the college admission scandal, or what they call Operation Varsity Blues, that has rocked our nation. As always, remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive right in. So as the chatter online grew surrounding the college cheating scandal, and it was all over the news, CNN's Chris Cuomo posed this question on his Twitter. In quote, what should happen to the students and former students embroiled in the alleged college admissions scam? End quote. It's a really great question. So let's kind of take it back to 2016. You see, if you are white like Abigail Fisher, better known as Becky with the bad grades, you more than likely grew up with the notion or some form of it that if you didn't get that scholarship or acceptance into the prestigious school of your choice, it wasn't because you weren't good enough. It was simply because some undeserving, low-achieving person of color from a ghetto you are too scared to visit took your spot so that your dream school wouldn't look like it was racist and they were filling their minority quota. You see, Abigail's argument of her not getting into her dream school, the University of Texas, even though her grades were good enough and she did everything right, was the fault of affirmative action and those pesky, low-achieving minorities that had a leg up and took her spot. So she did what many entitled white people have done for centuries, scapegoated people of color, and took her racial grievances all the way to the Supreme Court, where she lost. And here is why. The answer is something that communities of color already know, not only just in college acceptance, but in almost every facet of our lives. That the system is rigged not by minority or marginalized populations, but by the wealthy white ones. What was brought to light in court was that, firstly, Abigail was an average, mediocre student, hence her nickname, Becky with the bad grades. And I'm not getting on her for being an average student. I was too. The difference was, as a person of color, I knew I was owed nothing in life and worked harder. Abigail's entitlement made her look outside her own mediocrity and blame people of color instead. But what she conveniently left out in her affirmative action bashing narrative was that she couldn't compete with her own fellow classmates who got automatic acceptance into U of T because they were in the top 10 percentile of their class. They were mostly white students and they took 92% of the in-state spots away from Abigail and everyone else that got rejected that year according to a report by ProPublica. And speaking of rejection letters, 168 black and Latino students with grades equal to Abigail and even better than Abigail also did not get in. There were, however, students whose scores were worse than Abigail's that did get an acceptance letter. 42 of those students were white. Only five of them were either black and Latino. So overall, Abigail didn't lose her spot to a person of color or affirmative action. She lost her spot to white privilege, yet neither mentioned that or even argued it against it. She did as society often does. It was easier for her to take the anger of her rejection and go after marginalized communities who are asking for policies that equalize the playing field that is already stacked against them from birth. For you see, the world is more bothered by the language of equality than the reality of white privilege. So now, let's fast forward to the current situation. 
So if you have been watching the news, reports of what many minority communities already knew have now come to light that those who were wealthy and privileged in our society have been paying millions of dollars in bribes and schemes to ensure their children are admitted into the nation's most prestigious schools. At this point, 50 people have been charged in participating, including two well-known actors, Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin. And as details are coming out, this scandal is getting uglier by the minute. The depths these parents went, having proxies take the SATs and ACTs for their child to receive a certain score, or bribing the administrators of the tests. They, they bribed athletic coaches to falsify athletic records for sports their children didn't even play, or they made very large, sizable donations to the school to secure their child's spot. And this whole scandal is sickening. I damn near had to beg my way into both my undergraduate and graduate schools because my standardized test scores were so low, but I had an A average. Our beautiful and gracious First Lady Michelle Obama, the all-star, was told by a high school guidance counselor that she was not Princeton material and her brother had already attended the school. If they were white, they would have been afforded the benefits of a legacy admission. But because she was a black female, she had to work extra hard, though she was still looked at as an affirmative action acceptance rather than she was a badass and better than you acceptance. What I can't wrap my head around is that these parents and their children have millions of dollars. They have more money than most people in our nation will ever see in their lifetimes of back-breaking work just to get by. Their children will one day inherit that money and they have the option of going to whatever school they want or pursuing any dream they want because they have the power and privilege and the money. They have all of this already with or without any college. But I guess that when you are surrounded with everything, greed screams the loudest that you deserve more. And that more is more advantage than those you already have an advantage over. And if anyone dares to point it out and challenges you on it, well, then you, you throw them off the scent and point to affirmative action to scapegoat those dreaming of a morsel of the privilege your family takes for granted. I have watched students of all races, but especially students of color, struggle and save every dollar they have and their parents have and still be turned down from their dream schools. Or worse, get in and not be able to go since they can't afford it and the majority of scholarships don't cover full tuition. Fun fact, the majority of scholarships go to, and yes, you guessed it, white students. Instead of using millions of dollars in bribe money on one child, they could have paid the tuition of many deserving struggling students. So let's go back to the original question that Chris Cuomo posed. What should be done to the students who currently had parents cheat their way through admission and the students who achieved a degree from it? Firstly, their parents should be prosecuted and treated like every other marginalized community that receives harsher or unjust sentencing simply because of the color of their skin and their economic status in society. Lest we forget Kelly Williams Bowler, a black woman who lived in a housing project and used her father's address so that her two beautiful daughters could attend a better school in a predominantly white school district. For her love, devotion, and desperation to give her kids a better life, she and her father were charged with fourth degree felony of grand theft in order to pay $30,500. Her father lost his home and died in prison. Yep, when you are black in America. 
So, all things being equal, the parents and everyone involved should be charged at the highest letter of the law. Now, personally, I don't really want to see anyone in jail. No one was physically injured or died because of this scandal. But since our nation created a system that has stacked the deck against vulnerable communities, then wealthy white communities should have to also suffer the consequences of the system they created. If they now see the light and want a more fair and just world, then I expect when they leave jail, they are on the front lines of educational and criminal justice reform. That seems only fair. Now, for the students that currently are enrolled in these schools, well, it is not their constitutional or God-given right to be at any school, much less a prestigious one they didn't earn. They simply didn't earn it, and their parents' money is no substitute for that. When it comes to students who are poor and struggling to pay these exorbitant college fees, schools have no problem at all kicking them out if they make even a little mistake, or they are not making the grades, or of course, if they can't pay to be there. So once again, all things being equal, they should be given two weeks to pack up their belongings and leave. It's Sounds harsh and it makes me sad, but I believe it might actually be helpful for these students in the long run. They will have the journey, like many students, of earning admission into a college should they pursue that path. And earning their place might mean something to them. It may also serve them the hard lesson that they won't always get what they want, whether they have earned it or not. And that they they can pick themselves up by their bootstraps when they fall and make mistakes. I mean, after all, that's what the white community preaches to other races, and at least these kids have boots. Very expensive designer labor boots, I'm sure. For the kids that already gained their degree, let them be. Because what can we really do? Taking the degree away is harsh, and it is possible that they applied themselves in classes, didn't cheat, and earned the degree the old-fashioned way. We won't really know. People in society are privileged all the time, and we don't go around stripping them of their benefits, and probably shouldn't start now. Well, it seems like in America, you know, we only take away programs that provide equal access, like affirmative action. Since scapegoating minorities is good business, and they don't have the endless funds to fight back, but I digress. So what we need to do, and what I hope this scandal does, is bring the conversation of equality and justice to the forefront. That's how we heal. We speak truth to the Abigails and groups like her who attack policies that are aimed at equalizing the playing field so that all students who want access to quality education can have it. I think college campuses everywhere, not just the prestigious schools, can review their admissions processes and see where adjustments may need to be made. I think colleges can also take the uncomfortable next step of being more transparent about children of donors who might be attending and legacy students. If they do have spots that are guaranteed to them, just make that public. I think many of us in America knew that this has been happening for years, and I don't think colleges are going to stop the practice even after this scandal. But at least, they can make it public so that students know what they are up against when they pay a fee to apply to a school. I only hope that when the dust settles on all of this craziness, that our nation has moved forward by leaning into equity and justice surrounding higher education. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition, and I look forward to engaging with you all soon.